Welcome to the Banking on Business podcast presented by Horicon Bank. Banking on Business is aimed at helping entrepreneurs grow their business with practical strategies you can start using today. We are all about engaging our local business community and connecting with other small businesses to raise each other up. Hosted by yours truly, Grace Bruins, marketing officer at Horicon Bank, turned podcaster, at least for the next 20 minutes. Welcome to the Banking on Business podcast. Today, I am joined by Aaron Cools, CEO and co-founder of Al Inns Enterprises. And your co-founder, Eric, is not here today, but we're going to talk about the partnership that you guys have, how you started this business, where it grew out of it, grew out of a need that you saw in the industry, and just continue to grow from there. Because you had been saying before we started here recording that you've been doing this for how many years? About 17 years. 17 years, but all in on the business for four years. So there's a big story there. Yeah. And I'm excited to share it. So thank you, Aaron, for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Let's let our listeners get to know you a little bit better with what I call a rapid fire intro to the expert. This is our rapid fire intro to the expert. I fire off the questions and you answer as quickly as you can. Are you ready to play? Ready. Okay. Where are you from? Fond du Lac. What was your very first job? My very first job was a dairy farmer when I was six. <laughs> no, but uh, after after high school, I went to uh, Brenner Tank to become a sheet metal fabricator and welder. All right. Six years old. Yeah. That brings me back. All right. <laughs> What's your favorite thing about growing up in Wisconsin? Um, I'd like to say the cold winters, but it's not that at all. I think it just the, the seasons is what makes it makes you stay absolutely there's a lot of beauty in the seasons there is very just much so. remember that when you're shivering outside yeah, right. later <laughs> <laughs> what was your favorite thing about growing up on a dairy farm a little bit the freedom i think you know there's a lot to do but you know there wasn't always you weren't ever wondering what you're going to do next and you took the time when you'd had it to be a kid mm, i like that and what's one thing on your bucket list that you hope to accomplish someday oh my I guess it's always been a passion and a vision of mine to be a business owner that I could pass on to my kids, hence the name mm-hmm. of the business. So just hope passing that on to my kids. Absolutely. So while you while you mentioned that, let's talk a little bit about the name of your business, Al Inns, A-L-I-N-S. And that has a lot of meaning for you guys. Why don't you explain that? It does. The A and the L are Eric Heiling, my business partner's name, and his kids are Addie and Letty. And that's age appropriate as well. And then INS is uh, my three kids, Isaac, Naomi, and Samuel, which is also oldest to youngest. Very cool. So I got to think that every day you're reminded of why your business is here. You know, the bucket list item you just mentioned, it's about these kids and this family and building this for them, for yourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And leaving that legacy behind. Absolutely. Very cool. Well, before we get into your story completely, Aaron, let's go into our marketing minute. So have you ever stayed at a Doubletree Hotel? I have not. You have not? Okay. Well, let me tell you, <laughs> there is one thing that they do at check-in, which is really special. It is giving out a warm chocolate chip cookie. Okay. So do you want to guess how many cookies Doubletree gives away every day? Two million. Two million. <laughs> I wish it was that many. <laughs> now my number is going to sound lame. You wanted me to guess. Yeah, I did. <laughs> On average, 75,000. 
34% of those 75,000 guests tell their friends, meaning that each day about 25,000 stories are being told about Doubletree. And the cost of a cookie is about 20 cents. So it seems pretty small to gain that amount of referrals and that word of mouth marketing, which is something, again, that you and I have talked about in your business and understanding that if you're doing something poorly, people are going to talk. If you're doing something well, hopefully people are going to talk, right? And so you really need to focus on doing things well, because if you're not, that talk is definitely going to be there. Right. It's a lot harder to earn if you're doing it well. It's really more about reputation than anything. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. So let's get into the reason why we're here, Aaron. Let's talk about your story. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Allen's Enterprises and what you guys do? Well, we we created a separator, manure separator. It's also called a screw press separator. There's a, a number of names for it. Ultimately, it's a solid separator. It takes the solids out of water. Um, our primary clientele is dairy farmers. It can be used on any animals. It's just most feasible to dairy farmers. We are also in the whiskey uh, industry, some food waste industry, anything that has a solid that can be brought back out after the process is complete. And what we do with that is, you know, we just, they, we find, try to find a use for that as well, the solids for them. But normally they have their own. What we also do at Allen's is we are an industrial automation company, which may seem like a kind of a total opposite, but Eric and I both spent a lot of time in industrial automation, primarily welding. Both of us have a very strong welding background. And then we also, because of the equipment we need for the separator, we can do custom fabrication, sheet metal fabrication, welding, machining, that kind of thing. Okay. So what is your background? Like you said, you and Eric both have a welding background. So why don't you talk about that? How did you get from a welding background to business owner? Well, I I think I started, like I said, I started out at Brenner Tank as a welder Mm -hmm. back in 1991. Worked myself kind of into a management role with some robot programming, stuff like that along the way, which kind of the management part of it kind of help me understand business and lean towards business. I met Eric in 2006 um, at Brenner Tank when I was there for my second term. And he had kind of the same characteristics. And he entered management and then did some robot robot stuff too and had similar backgrounds. Um, He's a few years younger than me, but had very similar backgrounds. And we both had a desire to pass a business along to our kids. So that's kind of where we became kind of where we're going to figure out how to do this Mm -hmm. and what we were going to do to do that. So why a manure separator? Well, like like we were talking before, I think it's more about understanding that in the separation process, which we were approached about building another portion of that, and we we found that there was a lot of room for improvement on the separation side. Okay. The reputation wasn't great in the industry for it. And you mentioned, too, that as far as a competitor base goes, there's not a ton of competitors worldwide, right? There's not a ton and, and for sure not a ton in the United States. Mm-hmm. And you guys take that pretty seriously that you we make things here in very, the U.S. Very, very seriously. Yeah. Very I seriously. visited your website and that is loud and proud on it there, is, which I think is great. So. Yeah. We hope it has the same effect on our customers. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's not, it's not, I mean, the manufacturing here, that's awesome. But then you mentioned that it's not just even the product that's being built. Of course, you want a really good product, a really solid product, because this isn't something you're replacing 
every single year. Right. It's a big purchase. But it's also on the service side. Absolutely. You need to be able to be there for your customers. Absolutely. And service, service. is far more important than the actual, you know, we have to have a, a good quality piece of equipment, but taking care of the customer afterwards is some one of those top things that is lacking in some of the other some of our competitors. Mm-hmm. And for your competitors, you had mentioned that there are companies out there that do this, but they don't do just this, right? That's it's right. sort of an yeah. add-on. So for you guys to be able to focus on this one product and servicing this product, that's a pretty big deal. It is a big deal. It's a very big deal. And so how do you market this product? I think, like I said, my answer is I'll find out. When, I'll let you know when I find out. We do have a pretty good sized presence on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, we make sure that we fine-tune our website on a regular basis. But I think most importantly is taking care of that customer improving your reputation so that when you know another farmer asks one of our customers what do i do they tell them about us that's probably the most important and your background you know growing up on a dairy farm i'm sure that helped you at least gain some understanding a little yeah i, I don't want to say a lot because i'm learning a lot still but yeah you understand the needs and i think i think it helps you know i grew up on a dairy farm as well and so there is this piece of you that never quite leaves the farm Right. And there's a piece of you that always identifies with it. Sure. And so you do understand inherently, you know, what those dairy farmers are thinking and feeling because you've lived it at six years old when you started working. (laughs) (laughs) So how did your you mentioned your background as manager really helped you to prepare for starting a business? You've got nine employees. Right. Mm -hmm. And some of them are kids. Mm-hmm. which is very cool. But let's let's talk about that journey from 17 years ago, deciding, okay, we see a need, we think we can fill this, to creating the product, testing the product, and then four years ago deciding, all right, we're here, we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we knew that based on, you know, Eric and I sat down very early on after he started looking at some of the things that we needed to improve on the product itself compared to some of the others that are out there. And I think the biggest, the biggest part of that was, is we needed to really test this thing and we're not going to go out to and do this and just start selling them and then improving it. Cause that's not going to help your reputation. That's why they, it was so important for us to do all that testing prior okay. so that you weren't introducing a product that was substandard. Now you're fixing a broken reputation. Sure. So we needed to enter it with the best reputation we could. Was there no hiccups? Absolutely not. There were some hiccups. But getting past those hiccups and having farmers' patience with us helped a lot. Okay. And did you – you tested your product, your prototype out on just local farms, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So where mm-hmm. you had a connection and said, hey, can we yep. give Maybe us a shot? Really? <laughs> <laughs> can we try this? Yeah. Even even a few of them were a little reluctant because of the reputation of the industry. Mm. So as long as you don't disturb my what, what we're doing every day, you can do what you want. So that was kind of the answer we got in a few cases. And did you get feedback then from them, them saying, hey, this isn't working, this is, we'd like Absolutely. to see this? Absolutely. And kind of the most promising, and you asked about how we made the transition from, you know, doing it part-time to doing it full-time. Our final prototype rested at one farm for a little over a year, and that was probably the most positive that we had up to that point. So that's kind of made us understand that this is something we really have to do because we, I don't want to say we made it, but we got there. You know what I mean? I do. Yep. So we've gotten to the point where the the person who was doing the testing was happier with our prototype 
than their existing machine. So that's where we kind of said, okay, I think we, we might have something here. So, so it's very important to test, to Absolutely. gain feedback, you know, really ask your customers, potential customers, is this working? How can we do this better? I think that's incredibly valuable. And it's not always something you can quantify. You know, you really mm-hmm. need to take the time to build a relationship yep. and have that honesty and allow for that feedback. And, and I got to think, not let ego or your own ideas get in the way. Well, you can't have an ego. <laughs> <laughs> you can have an ego, but you can't be arrogant. That's for sure. Because the second you are is when something's going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. These are these are mechanical and they're, they break. Yeah. I'm sure it's a fine line then between having the confidence to say, okay, we can do this and the, the ego of I'm the only one that can do this or I'm the only one that can do this correctly. You know what I mean? So it seems like yeah, there's a definite amount of humility that's involved. Well, I, I often say, don't judge me on whether it breaks or not. Judge me on how it, I respond when it breaks. Because mm-hmm. it's going to break. Something's going to go wrong. There's wear items on it. Right, right. So, so your product is unique because you use stainless steel. So it is meant to last for quite a while, but there are pieces that do have to be replaced. Sure. And that's yep. where the service side comes in. Yep. And you do a lot of the service calls, or do you have people on your team that do that? We spread it out pretty good. I think, I guess the, the broad statement from that is, is I do most of them. Okay. If I'm available. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to keep my guys in the shop making stuff. That's what they like to do. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not available, then they're more than willing to go out and take care of it. And are your customers pretty local to the Wisconsin area? We have customers as far away as Hawaii and as far away as North Carolina, wow. east to west. So, Do you ever just want to make a service call to Hawaii? And <laughs> Actually, yes. <laughs> right now it'd be good. Yeah, let's escape <laughs> sub-zero temperatures, huh? <laughs> oh, and what I love about your story, too, is this piece of it that involves your kids. It's it's in the name, and, you know, it's something that one day would be great to be able to leave to them. You have a son that's especially interested mm-hmm. in that, which is very cool. But your kids are involved now. You know, they're taking care of website and social media, yep. which is very cool. Very cool. Did you just say one day, hey, we need a website. Can you guys do this for me? Or did they approach you? Uh, no, I kind of, I started it, but I realized very quickly that it was going to be something that somebody younger than me is going to have to do. <laughs> <laughs> fair. That's fair. So I started at Horicon Bank shortly out of college. And I'm pretty sure, I always tell this story to my boss too, like, pretty sure you just asked me to do this because of my age. You're like, oh, we need Facebook. So who's 22 and can do that for us? (laughs) But I think it's important to recognize the need, recognize this is where your customers are. This is where they're looking. And so who has the knowledge and skills around me that I can rely on? And I just think it's cool that your kids can do it and they're they're into it because they do a really, really nice job. Well, I appreciate that. I'm I'm sure they'd appreciate it as well. So what is next for Allens? Are you guys continuing to develop new products? Is it kind of, we just want to grow our customer base? What does that look like for you? Well, I think that our vision is definitely one where we are continuing to improve on the product. That would be number one, finding the things that can improve that product or other products that are related to what we do. But expanding the customer base is probably the a more important thing. Yep. Okay. 
What does that look like for you guys? How do you how do you think you're going to expand? I think right now we're we're focusing on a dealer network throughout the country. And that's kind of in the direction we've been headed. Although you know we're going to be probably a little bit particular about who we decide to be our dealers. So that's kind of the route we're going to take. And and I'll probably continue to you know visit customers. I I make it a habit to visit each customer, potential customer, on their site, whether it be in Florida or Idaho, wherever. You mm-hmm. know, just to make sure that we're on the same page when the damn time comes, if they do decide to buy one, where we're going to put it and how it's going to be installed properly. I'm sure those visits are incredibly valuable. Oh, definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. building a lot of that relationship mm-hmm. with prospects, and then they know who to call if there's an issue or have questions about it. What would you say in starting and beginning to grow your business? What was one of the big challenges that you had? I think the biggest challenge was to make sure that the product was as good as we had hoped to the point where it's making a different thought is a farmer's not looking at it as a piece of equipment that's not going to work. I think that was probably, and we're still working on improving that, but I think that's important is to just, you know, make it something that it's not, it doesn't need to be tended to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's important for today's farmers. Like we said a little bit, they they are on the internet. They're, that's how they learn a lot, but the handshake still means a lot to them. Mm-hmm. And I think that the handshake's important, but the quality of the equipment and the reliability of the equipment is probably more important. Sure. Well, that's, that's I think, where that element of trust comes in. Sure. So I, I trust you as a person, but now your product's got to perform yep. so that I can continue Absolutely. that trust in you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, Aaron, here's where we get a little inspirational for our <laughs> listeners. As you know, Horicon Bank is the natural choice for banking, and that's not just a tagline. It's a commitment to being environmentally friendly and supporting environmental causes. So in that spirit, I'm going to give you an interesting animal fact and I'd like you to turn it into a piece of inspirational advice. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So, an ostrich's legs are so powerful that their kicks can kill a lion, which I had no idea. I feel like I look at ostriches and think they look like they're going to fall over. <laughs> but in fact, their legs, their kicks are so powerful that it could kill a lion. Interesting. And you want me to turn that into a... Little, little inspirational, advice. yeah, for businesses. Well, I could say that uh, right first thing comes to my mind is that even though the looks like they could, they wouldn't stand up. Maybe the little guy has a chance, right? Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> you never know what kind of power is there. That's right. That's right. Don't mess with the little guy. Don't. No, or the funny looking one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Aaron, I, I appreciate your time on the Banking on Business podcast today. I thank you for coming out and sharing your story and sharing what those challenges have been and how you guys have overcome them and how you've taken an idea and tested it and just stayed with that idea to grow it into this business. Is there anything that you would want our listeners to know, a, a piece of actionable advice from your experience that you would want to share with them? I guess never, never give up. I know that's kind of cliche, mm-hmm. but never give up. I mean, I didn't know that this was going to happen to me at this age, but here I am. Yeah. You know, and I think that's important and, you know, just live each day like it's today. Tomorrow will come, whatever, mm-hmm. and and just do what you can do today. 
I think that's good. I think, I think you're right. I think that uh, there are business owners who are like, okay, you know, sure. Believe in yourself. But, but when you can hear those words from someone who's living it and someone who, like you said, I didn't expect this four years ago. I didn't know that this was going to be a business, but now you guys, you've built this cool product that is unique and you're standing out among your competitors. But then you also have this dream of, of we're in it for a legacy, right? There, there's, Mm -hmm. we're providing for our employees and potentially someday maybe our kids might want to take this on. Uh, And I think that that's got to be really driving in what you do. It is every day. Well, from six-year-old dairy farmer (laughs) to business owner, I have really enjoyed your story. I'm so glad that you've been with us today, Aaron, and I appreciate you being here. Thank you, Grace. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in. To stay in the loop on all things banking on business related, visit horiconbank.com slash banking on business and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 